You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio. Honest conversations, love notes, and strategies to grow a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I'm Megan Hale, integrity expert, bringing mindset and energetic wisdom to help you show up braver, go all in, and expand into your fullest expression. Let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio, the place to be for mindset and energetic wisdom to grow a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I am your host, Megan Hale, and this week I am coming to you from the stunning Sparkling Hills Resort in Kelowna, British Columbia, where I am taking part in Chantal Adams Center Stage Live program. This is my first time to Canada. And at this very moment, I'm sitting in my hotel room. There's this gorgeous tub next to floor-to-ceiling windows that looks out onto these gorgeous mountains. There's this stunning lake behind me, and there's like 9 million spas on the floor below me. And this place is just like next-level magic. It's so cool. It actually reminds me somewhat of the spa that we went to at the last Wow and Holy Weekend with all these beautiful steam rooms and saunas and pools and all these cool like healing modalities. It's next level. Today I had a couple of different photo shoots done. I did um, some video shoots for my work just talking about what I do and why I love it and all of those things. Tomorrow we are delivering a 12-minute TED style speech, which I'm halfway nervous about and halfway excited about as it goes. But I'm really just hoping that all of the wisdom that I have to share just pours out of me tomorrow and I'll leave it all on the stage. And I just feel really good about the message that I'm delivering. So send me good vibes. Well, actually, by the time you're listening to this, I will have already done it. So (laughs) hopefully I'll have some good news to share with you on Wednesday. So next week. Anyway, I have an amazing episode planned for us today as we are going back to money with perhaps one of the most healing experiences of my life when it comes to money, which was paying off 30k in debt last year while also going through one of the most challenging personal years of my life. So I'm going to be breaking this down into two core pieces. The first of which is how to shift your relationship to debt. And this is so key if you have debt you want to get rid of, but also if you want to build a business that does more than just pay off your debts and actually starts moving you towards your financial dreams. This is like a really big piece. I cannot wait to chat about it. The second is diving all the way into the two-sided coin of debt, which really gets into being highly discerning with your spending and stepping into more earning. We need both of these things to crush our debt, okay? And I'll be breaking each one of these down, but both of these are truly foundational to not only becoming debt-free, but leaning into financial stewardship and leadership your business needs to grow. Now, the piece that really brings us all together, though, are the three key mindset shifts you need to make to step into more earning, which is where we're going next week, okay? So are you ready for this episode? Let's do this. So if you're on my email list, which you totally should be, by the way, because I share my best stuff there, 
And to join, just go to megan-hale.com GBB, as in good, better, best, where you'll get free access to the GBB Goals Masterclass that will completely revolutionize the way you approach money goals, okay? But if you're on my list, you may remember an email I sent out months ago sharing how I radically shifted my relationship to debt and how it transformed my life. I'm going to be breaking that down today because it was absolutely necessary to unhook from the way it was driving my business so I could refocus my energy onto what my business actually needed to not just become debt-free, but become a financial powerhouse that started to build this beautiful financial foundation for more sustainability. Now, I'm going to be doing another episode on transgenerational money stories because when it comes to money, we have so many layers we carry that greatly impact the way we relate to money that are not our own, okay? For me, this work has been so powerful in helping me reclaim the way I want to feel, think, and behave around money, but also helping me clarify the legacy I want to leave when it comes to it. And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of the reason I was feeling so consumed by my debt had a lot to do with my transgenerational money story, okay? So understanding how I was letting this drive the car was crucial and shifting into something different though. Now that was life-changing. So I'm going to walk you through that process today. Now, we all have our own dynamics when it comes to money, and debt is no different. There are even several different schools of thought out on it, okay? So some people believe there is good debt and bad debt. Some people believe in having no debt at all. Some people believe in carrying a little debt at all times. Some people have no issue carrying a lot of it, okay? And I think that's an important piece here to really do your due diligence on not just education, but really feeling into what you believe about debt and more importantly, what you were taught to believe about it. Now for me, my transgenerational money story is pretty black and white when it comes to debt, okay? So... Growing up, the story I received was debt is bad, heavy, wrong, and irresponsible, and even threatening and traumatizing to your overall well-being, okay? This is a pretty intense view on debt, friends, right? I cannot remember a single instance in which debt was talked about in a warm way growing up. It was only demonized and blamed for stress, conflict, and even shame, okay? So because of that, Debt was something I was taught to avoid, although some debt was considered okay, all right? Now, okay debt was considered having a mortgage, having car loans, student loans, okay? That's really the only debt that was allowed to be okay. <laughs> the not okay debt was pretty much everything else. And credit card debt, that was a huge no-no, friends, okay? So frivolous spending, mm only something you should indulge in once in a while. And when you did, it better not be paid for on a credit card, okay? <laughs> so most of my life, I oriented towards money from the perspective that credit cards are dangerous. It's easy to get into a tough situation with them, right? So don't use them unless you absolutely have to. And when you do, there better be a plan to pay it off as quickly as possible, okay? There was never any talk about how much debt is considered a lot, okay? And nor was there any talk about how you would even go about calculating that. Nor was there any discussion about what to do if you wanted to buy something you couldn't afford. The implicit answer was you just chose to go without, okay? 
So the short version is this. <laughs> Don't go into debt. And if you do, get out from under it as quickly as possible before it ruins your life. The end. <laughs> now, <laughs> keep in mind, none of these people are entrepreneurs. That's another conversation. But when you go into business, there are going to be many opportunities that you might have to invest in things before you're actually making the money to invest in them. Okay, this whole it takes money to make money thing is somewhat true, or at least it has been for me. Now, I think that you can absolutely build a business on a cash basis. I've done it, but there are some cons with that as well. Okay, so one, it will likely take you longer to grow because you'll have to wait to invest in the things your business really needs to move it forward. And two, unless you have an investment budget, you likely don't know like what percentage of your total revenue you should be investing and thus how much money you should be setting aside, right? Which P.S., this is something I go into in the GUB Goals Masterclass. So go and check it out if you haven't at megan-hale.com slash G-B-B, as in good, better, best. Now, when I first started out in 2013, I was a cash-only uh, cash business. I invested in the bare minimum to get my private counseling practice up and running. And besides advertising and education, like I really carried very little costs. Like My overhead costs were incredibly low. When I went into building my coaching practice, though, <laughs> things radically changed. This business needed a lot more to stand out in the market, or so it seemed. There were all of these things I suddenly needed to know how to do, and the costs associated with learning them seemed to add up really quickly. There were also all these other messages coming at me now about what being successful looked like. And the faster I could make it to six figures, the quicker I would pass some imaginary finish line, okay? And this piece was crucial. Slowly, I started letting other people run the show about what I was supposed to want and be working toward. And thankfully, I recognized this pretty early, which led to my enoughness work that helped me really ground into my vision, my pace, my goals, like all the things, right? But the thing that it wouldn't change that would catch up with me several years later is that it didn't change anything about how I was relating to money. And this piece was also crucial, okay? So what I want you to take away from this is, is that we can do a lot of inner work on our, on our worthiness, on enoughness, around our intrinsic value and believing in ourselves and our work. But that does not necessarily translate into how we think about money, okay? This is a completely different relationship. Got it? Okay, so I continue to invest in my business to move it forward, being really discerning with what I invested in, yet the thing that I knew needed the most work was me. My mindset, my self-belief, my leadership, that would be the key differentiators to move my business forward, and I spared no expense on that. So for the first time in my life, I found myself investing in things before I really had the money for them. But I was also getting one thing paid off first before I invested in the next, okay? So being really mindful to carry a really small amount of debt that I could get out from under, okay? So I'm still living by the transgenerational money story, right? And I'm still doing an okay job. <laughs> in 2016, though, this would all change. So even though I'd done a whole lot of enoughness work, 
I still had this message that work had to be hard and I was still letting productivity really rule a lot of my feelings of enoughness. And I was tired of that hustle, hustle, hustle and knew that I wanted to learn how to work with more ease. Okay. And although I was far from earning or charging for that matter, what I needed to be, I also knew that I needed to work with someone who could really show me something else that was possible, okay? And so when that opportunity came, I leaped. And I invested in a 16K mastermind, okay? And before I knew it, (laughs) I invested in several other things too (laughs) that took me all the way to 25K in debt, all right? Now, at first, this was okay because I had the plan to make it all back plus way more. But a whole year would pass of me not being able to follow through on the plan. And I learned a very, very hard lesson that having the right strategy is one thing, but being able to execute it and more specifically stepping into the earning that is required to execute it is something else entirely. Okay. So I would go on to launch a course that completely flopped, like seriously, not one sale. I launched a few other programs, but nothing really took off. And so I started getting into this very frenzied energy of looking for that one magical thing that was going to take me to that next level. All right. Looking for the easy button. (laughs) Maybe you've been there. And the more and more I searched, hoping that this would maybe be the thing, the more and more discouraged I felt that maybe I just wasn't cut out for this business thing after all. Okay. I was 25 K in debt with nothing to show for it. It'd been a year and a half at this point and none of that debt had moved. Additionally, I felt like I was letting my family down because I knew that I and only I was the thing that was holding me back and standing in my way. I felt like a complete failure for not being able to lift myself out of debt, but also carried this heavy sense of guilt for not being able to contribute to my household financially. Like I felt like I was just this financial obligation, this, this drain. There was also this serious urgency to get out of this debt as quickly as possible. Because remember, debt is wrong, bad, irresponsible, and downright dangerous. Like trustworthy people don't go into debt. It will threaten everything. Like so much money stuff here, you guys. And what was worse, (laughs) I know some of you have been here, is I felt like I needed to invest in somebody else to help me get out of all of this, thereby going into even more debt taking me all the way to 30K, okay? Now, I share all of this because I want you to know if you are someone who has invested, invested, and continue to invest, and you're not seeing the ROI, and you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? So I've been there, okay? I have invested sometimes on a prayer. (laughs) But I have to say, on the other side of it now, not a single one of those investments were a waste. And... It was the last investment I made that would make all the difference, okay? So it's 2017 now, and I decide to invest in an energetic business coach, the same thing I do, all right? And I think this one's important because I knew I needed my own medicine. 
I knew I needed someone to hold the space for me to do my own work around money, to fix the holes in my business and step into more earning, the end. Like that's what I knew that I needed, okay? And when it came down to it, I knew I was scared of stepping into the earning role of my business, okay? Not only did I have the very lived experience of launching several things and them either being like completely a flop, like launching to crickets, (laughs) but... I had also witnessed several of my friends' businesses completely take off during this time, which left me wondering, like, is there something wrong with me? Am I not enough, right? Have you ever been there? All right. So my intention with hiring this coach was to get out of debt once and for all, become a cash-only business just like I started out, and heal my money story because I knew the story I had was seriously limiting my business's growth, okay? So we began work in March of 2017, and one of the first things she said to me was, I'm not here to help you make six figures in a month. I'm here to help you build a sustainable business. Like She set a firm boundary right off the gate that we weren't here to focus on the debt, okay? We were here to focus on the business that would generate the level of money I wanted, And give my business the time and space to do it in a sustainable way, okay? And this was a big shift for me to start thinking long-term vision versus short-term earning. This is key. Now, up until this point, I had been orienting my business to generate the 30K I needed to get out of debt and then focus on the business vision after that, okay? We reversed it. One call. And it was life-changing. So the second thing we did, though, was looked at what was causing this urgency to get out of debt. Because remember, although I'd unhooked from the urgency to get to six figures as soon as possible, that did not mean I'd unhooked from the urgency to get out of debt as soon as possible. See the distinction? So at this point, you know how I felt about debt. It felt as though it had its hands around my neck. I hated the way it never seemed to budge. I hated the way it taunted me and reminded me of just how much my business was struggling. It seemed to be a constant reminder for how much of a failure I was and only served as evidence that I wasn't smart with money. I wasn't making wise investment decisions, right? And it felt like it was something that just consumed my thoughts all the time, all the time. And in a way, it was almost like I was tormenting myself, like <laughs> feeling nothing like a fina- like but a financial failure and just keep on rehashing and rehashing and rehashing all the evidence that proved it true. But on one particular day, my coach asked me a question that would completely change my life. And she said, Megan, how do you think your debt feels about you? I want you to imagine you're in a picture with your loved ones. And debt is in the background. What kind of face is debt making? What is it doing in the picture? Good, right? Now, there are about a million different ways I could have answered that question. It's a question that I want you to ask yourself right now. What is debt doing in your picture? And if you don't have debt, what is money doing in your picture? Like actually doing What's the kind of face it's making? And for the first time in my life, my perspective completely changed. 
instead of seeing debt as something that was literally trying to suffocate me, I saw debt standing in the background, jumping up and down, excited for like all the things that it had helped me do. Like it had allowed me to invest in my business to create shifts I needed to make. It had allowed me to hire coaches like the one who asked me this question, right? (laughs) Which completely transformed everything. It allowed me to hire contractors to do techie stuff I didn't know how to do, but also needed to get done for my business to move forward. It allowed me to learn a million and one lessons on money, debt, success, and everything in between. In fact, (laughs) debt was pretty damn proud of itself that it had been able to support me the way that it had. And then I had my next realization. If debt was so happy for me and excited for all that it had allowed me to do, how messed up was my lack of acknowledgement and gratitude for it? Okay, and this was the most important shift. Instead of seeing debt as that noose around my neck, I started to be thankful for everything that it had given me. Now, this did not mean I wanted to go into even more debt, okay? But what it did do is it started to allow me to see the way I was relating to it and that I was in the driver's seat of choosing how this relationship felt, okay? Now, you know the five love languages of money was a tool that helped immensely, right? And if you haven't checked out the episode, go tune in now. But seeing debt as something that was supporting me completely released the pressure I had to get out from under it as soon as possible, okay? So frenzy, managed. And with that off my plate, Now I could redirect that hustling, grinding, desperate energy into what my business really needed to move forward, which was earning, okay? Which moves us to the two-sided coin of debt, practicing discernment with your spending and stepping into more earning. So let's talk about practicing discernment with your spending first. So when I committed to paying off my 30K in debt, I personally vowed to myself to implement everything I had learned at that point to move my business forward and not invest in anything new unless it was something I truly needed to grow, okay? I would wager (laughs) that you already know everything you need to know to start earning the money you want to make. You might simply need a container for support as you go about doing it which is something else entirely, okay? But if your goal is to get out of debt, stop learning and start implementing. Start leveraging everything you already know. Not only will it challenge you to actually do the work you've likely been avoiding, (laughs) but it will also challenge you to start believing in yourself, the likely missing link into stepping into more earning, and also to ground down into what your business really needs to move forward. You'll turn off FOMO and simply focus on your lane. And this is life-changing. So during my debt payoff year, I invested in two things. My business coach, because she was a necessity for holding the space I needed to grow and an intersectional feminism class, because I knew I wanted to be contributing to a more ethical business model that pushed humanity forward versus being part of the status quo that upheld systems of oppression. That was really, truly important for me. And that was it. Those two investments. There, was, there were no other investments I made until I was debt-free, okay? 
practicing discernment with your spending is such a gift for you as a business owner, but also to the life of your business. It challenges you to step into the visionary CEO role and get clear on where you're headed and what you truly need to get there, okay? So I wanna offer you a couple of questions I ask myself when considering an investment so you can start practicing more discernment. The first, do I need this right now? (laughs) Investing in the right things at the right time helps you maximize your investments. How do you know if it's the right time? Look for the pieces of clarity you need that a particular investment is asking of you in order to truly leverage it, okay? For instance, when you're investing in a website, do you know your offerings, your ideal clients, your preferred content strategy, what you want your website to actually do, right? Do you even really need a website to get to your next step, right? I know plenty of people who have invested in high-level websites before they were ready, who invested in expensive photo shoots before they nailed down their brand, who invested in high-level course creation when they didn't even know if a course is what they really wanted. Like, really look for the level of clarity you have and also why you need this right now to move forward, okay? Right investment, right timing. Major, major growth when you can line those two things up, okay? Second, do I have the time this investment needs of me right now to truly leverage it, okay? Every single investment we make will require something from us in order to move forward. Hiring a new team member, do you have the time to train them? Purchasing a course, do you have the time to complete it? Out of all the things you need to move your business forward, what needs the most of your attention to grow? If you do your due diligence here, you'll not only clarify what you need to be spending your time on, but how much time you actually have to spend. And having clarity here is essential, all right? Number three, why do I want to invest in this right now? (laughs) And this answer can bring up a lot of cool stuff. There are a million great things out there with amazing marketing behind them. If you've been around long enough, you know that many programs and courses create a feeling of FOMO, right? But doing something for the fear of missing out versus doing something for being all in are completely different. All right. Does this investment get you actual access to the people, strategies, and systems that can move your business forward? When asking yourself this question, there should be some very clear reasons why this investment makes sense for you, which leads me to my next question. Number four, does this investment make sense for my business model? You guys, oh my goodness. Not every single offering makes sense for the way your business is set up to generate money, okay? On the other hand, though, some courses are applicable to any business, okay? And I'm just going to talk about investments from a course perspective. So PR, yeah, get more eyeballs on your stuff. Money mindset, yes, especially if you know you have money blocks. Leadership, yes, your business depends on your ability to lead it. Facebook ads, I'm not sure. Course creation, maybe not. Funnels, I don't know. Is that how you want to receive money? So I think the longer you're in business, you have a deeper sense of what you truly need to grow. But my point is this. Don't buy into a program or course just because of the results it promises. Buy into a program or course for the work it's asking you to do. Look at what it asks of you. Do you want to do that work? Do you want to spend that time on it? Because in the end, Buying a course or program doesn't alleviate you 
from having to do the work, right? Like when I hired my book coach, for instance, I still had to write the book. And you'll notice I still don't have a book. (laughs) When I hired my speaking coach, I still had to write my speech, practice delivering it, getting booked to give it, and all the things, right? Make sure you are invested in the actual work before saying yes. Number five, and this is the last one. If you didn't spend this money on this investment, where else could it go? When you're committed to getting out of debt, the answer to this question is super easy, right? The less you invest in other things, the more you have to pay towards your debt. The end. But if you're debt-free, this is still an excellent question to ask yourself. We all have to make conscious choices with how we spend our money. That does not go away no matter how much money you make, okay? The earlier you start asking this question, the more you start practicing discernment with your money, which is huge for financial stewardship and business leadership. And you might find the same money you are going to invest in a course is money you can pay someone else to implement that same thing for you, right? Think about the biggest ROI. What offers you the most time back in your day, the most money in your bank account, the most peace of mind in your headspace, right? Because ROI is not just financial. It can be emotional, spiritual, physical even, right? So getting out of debt, if that's your goal, it also should not feel like a sacrifice, okay? It should feel like something that brings you joy to do because it's something you want to do. And when you can approach it from this place, the energy you tap into to actually earn more shifts too, which brings us to stepping into more earning, which requires the plan and the embodiment to execute said plan, okay? Two components, (laughs) very, very important. One of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves as business owners is stepping fully into our power to generate revenue because to do so asks you to step all the way into everything that tells you you can't, right? (laughs) It asks you to think bigger, more long-term vision versus short-term earning, and this has made all the difference, okay? So if you don't shift into this mindset, if you're only focused on the short-term earning here, What tends to happen is that you chase your next launch and your next launch and your next launch, the end. Like you will always feel like you're on a hamster wheel. So you'll not only be hustling for money, but also feel like you have no idea where your next money is coming from. Okay. Now, an aside, there will be plenty of times you aren't sure what's coming next in your business. (laughs) You're going to go through shifts and evolutions and your job is to hold space for that. But your job is also to plan for those times as well. So when that does happen, you know to expect it, right? So for instance, for me, I usually have at least one quarter where things feel super mushy. Because I know this, I plan for my revenue likely coming in heavier three quarters of the year. So when I do hit that mushy period in my creative cycle, hey, it's okay. It's expected, right? I don't go into, oh my God, everything's wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I might from time to time because (laughs) that's how we deal with uncertainty, but rather I'm much more prone to go into, this is part of my creative process and I've planned for it, right? The first is way stressful. The second is just part of doing business where you're making money, doing something that lights your soul on fire. Like your soul is not going to be on fire at all times at the same degree because that's not how life works. Okay. So let's continue. When I went into creating my revenue plan to get out of debt, I focused on answering four questions. The first, what's the work I most enjoy doing? 
the second. What would be the best way to deliver this work that gets results? The third, what's the value I feel this work brings? Fourth, how many people do I feel I can responsibly and ethically hold space for as I facilitate this work? Okay, each of these four questions are huge components for stepping into more earning. Okay, because when you answer these questions and they're truly aligned for you, it helps you create something you're excited to sell. Okay, let me say that one more time. When you do work you enjoy, deliver it in a way that feels fun and effective, even if you don't have that data yet, trust your expertise, okay? When you price it in alignment with the value it's going to deliver and you dream of the number of people you get to bring this work to, do you know how easy it makes this work to sell? Okay, <laughs> because you're incredibly clear on the benefits and takeaways. You're clear on the transformation. You're clear on the experience you want your people to have. You're deeply embodied on the price point and ask for it confidently. And all of these things go into earning in a way that feels good. But there's one more question to ask and one a lot of people miss. How do I want to receive my money? Okay, now for me, I love receiving the majority of my money on a monthly basis. And because of that, I structure a lot of my offerings to receive my money that way. Like when I created Wild and Holy Year, for instance, I knew I wanted to receive monthly money, so I only offered monthly payments. I literally didn't even do the math on what that full investment was because I wasn't even focused on that. It was two months after the fact of selling Wild and Holy Year out that I realized I'd had a 60K launch in recurring revenue. Like I am dead serious because I was just focused on what that monthly payment was. But there will be other times, like now for instance, when I wanna bring in a cash injection to help pay for something outside of our typical living expenses, right? Like our move coming up. I want a cash injection to help pay with unexpected costs associated with that. So the same goes for like a business investment. If there's something you really wanna be able to afford, think about what offerings could get you a quick cash injection on top of your recurring revenue, okay? But back to actually earning that money. We're gonna dive into three key mindset shifts you need to make when it comes to earning, but for the sake of this episode, I want you to ask yourself three questions. The first, what's the value of my work? The second, what's the gift in charging for your work? Three, what's the gift in receiving for it? All right, let me break it down to you this way. I see many people excited about the work they're doing in the world and still struggle to charge for it. Why is that? Mostly because they doubt the value. And look, I have been there. Even looking at Wild and Holy Year last year, I should have charged double what I did. But remember, when I went into the launch for that program at the end of 2017, a lot of this money stuff hadn't pushed through yet, right? I'd had a few key breakthroughs. And looking back, I knew those price points are what felt an integrity for me at that moment. And I also knew that integrity has to be there in order for me to feel good about selling. That's how it works for me, right? Otherwise, I chicken out. Or if I don't, I put immense amounts of pressure on myself to push way past my energetic boundaries to ensure people get results when other people's results aren't in my control, okay? This is a pricing conversation. We can talk about that. But understanding the value of your work is huge, huge. For instance, testimonials have been rolling in for the last Wild and Holy Weekend. I've been watching these women share their breakthroughs on social media. 
I've been getting Facebook messages and the Voxes, right? And the thing that they're all mirroring back to me is, Megan, I am fundamentally changed since that retreat. Friends, here's here's the deal. I want you to understand that the work you're doing has such a bigger impact than you could ever imagine. That you, as a person, are having such a bigger impact than you could ever see. When someone comes into contact with you, your energy, your work, it plants a seed that will ripple out for months and months to come. And then they go and have their own impact that ripples out for months and months to come for other people, right? Why wouldn't you want to bring others into your work? Why wouldn't you want to joyfully offer the opportunity for people to come work with you and experience your magic, right? What would happen if you saw earning that way? Knowing the value of your work is so incredibly important. And here's the other thing too. When you're new to offering your work, you're not going to have all of that feedback, right? You're not going to have those people sharing these testimonials because you're still in the process of facilitating the work that generates the testimonials. So your job there is to really trust the impact the work that you are offering has had on you. Know how much of a difference it's made in your life, right? Because chances are, if work is meaningful for you, it's also going to be meaningful for others. Second, I also want you to imagine the gift that exists in charging for your work. It is a blessing to earn money doing what you love. It is a gift to put a price tag on the impact you are providing and receiving compensation because of it. It is an honor to see the value you bring to the world through your work and to see the time you spend on creating it, facilitating it, selling it, marketing it, all of the things as a way of deeply honoring all the paths that have led you here, okay? Charging for your work can be healing because it's a gift in confidence, conviction, and deep knowing that you have something valuable to offer the world. And what a gift to welcome people into it, okay? Third, there's a gift in receiving for your work. Now, receiving, now this one is a loaded, loaded concept, but receiving, at least for me, is all about safety, which is why it's perhaps the most key, because receiving is all about expanding to hold and softening to take in, okay? And receiving also activates our pleasure center. It's something that asks us to savor and to enjoy. And in order to receive, there can also be us asking for what it is that we really want, right? Because, and that's why there's a beautiful relationship between charging and receiving. But I want you to imagine that earning can feel this way. It can feel deeply pleasurable, gratifying, joyful, fun, nurturing, right? But it all starts with the safety to receive. It's safe to receive amazing money for your work. It's safe to ask for it. It's safe to welcome people into it. It's a joy for others to invest in you, in themselves, 
in the work you'll be co-creating together, receiving good money for your work allows you to be a bigger beacon of light for the values you want to uphold. Okay? So here's the deal. I know what it's like to dream up new revenue plans and offerings that feel incredibly good. (laughs) And I also know what it's like to put them out in the world after you've had some moments of perceived failure. Like, what if you fail again? What if no one buys what you're offering? And I'm also here to tell you, when you're grounded in your value, grounded in your price point, grounded in the healing aspects of both charging and receiving for your work, there is no failure, friends. Like, there isn't. Only learning and curiosity, okay? There is nothing to lose here, I promise you. So go out there, go all in, believe in yourself and the work that you bring, know what a gift it is for people who have been waiting for someone exactly like you, and show up for what you want to create in the world. Here's the truth. I literally sent 15 emails to bring in one person to the last Wild and Holy Weekend. That's how much I knew she was supposed to be there. And you know what? It was worth it. She was worth it. I could not have imagined that retreat without her. Okay? So part of stepping into your earning is being willing to show up for the result you want to have in your business. You have to do your part to show up for your work and then let the universe do the rest. Okay? So I'll be back next week with three mindset shifts in order to step into more earning. And you surely do not want to miss it. I'm going to be bringing on a good friend. We're going to tap on some core blocks that come up that prevent us from stepping into more earning. So definitely come back to the podcast next week. And until then, here's to the courage to show up braver. Whole heart, full self, all in. We got this.